Praise the Lord. All right. As we are witnessing more conflicts and wars between nations, especially in the Middle Eastern region, as the tension in the Middle East are escalating and anti-Semitism is rising globally, we can sense that we are surely living in the last days. And all these things were already prophesied in the Bible. By the way, let us continue to pray for the nation of Israel and the peace of Jerusalem as the Lord our God commanded us to do so. The Bible says in Psalm 122, Pray for the peace of Jerusalem, it says. May those who love you be secure. May there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels. For the sake of my people and my friends, I will say, Peace be within you, O Jerusalem. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your prosperity. Amen. And as I already mentioned before, we are to pray and support Israel as we discern biblically. Let us not listen to what the media is telling us, what those protesters are telling us, all the noise that we hear from the outside. No, we need to seek the Word of God and the wisdom. And we support the nation of Israel, not for the political reasons. I just want to make sure you know that. But for the sake of God's covenant with Israel and its place in the fulfillment of God's redemptive history or redemptive plan. That is why we support Israel. Amen? And we have to be very clear about that. Now, for the last few weeks, we have been learning how to navigate in the last days. So far, we have studied biblical discernment. And starting last week, we have been also focusing on the topic of faithfulness. Everyone say faithfulness. What is faithfulness? Well, surely we are called to be faithful as God is faithful. But what is the meaning of faithfulness? We talked about that last week. The faithfulness is, uh, is about being true to one's word or promise or vows or being steady in allegiance or affection, being loyal and constant. Faithfulness is about being reliable and trusted or believed. And as we can see the definition of faithfulness, you already notice right away, God is forever faithful to God's people. But from also, there's one more definition that we talked about, especially from our perspective as a Christians. We know that faithfulness is about being full of faith, believing, and continuously. So the question is, as God is forever faithful to God's people, the church, to us, can we be faithful to him until the very end? If you read the parable of persistent widow in Luke chapter 18, Jesus says something about faithfulness in the last times or end times. You might wonder, what is this parable? Well, this parable is about a widow who keeps asking a wicked judge 
to grant her justice against her adversary. However, the wicked judge did not care, and he would not answer her, and he would not grant her what she needs. But as she keeps asking the judge, finally, he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, even though I don't care about this woman, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. That's the story of the parable. And Jesus said this, Will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? Even the evil judge is willing to give if the widow keeps asking because widow kept asking. And he said, I will tell you, he will see that they will get justice. They get justice and quickly. So Jesus is teaching us in this parable, what? Not to give up on asking and praying to God. Asking God for justice. Asking God for his answer. Keep going. Be persistent because God is going to answer us. So God's justice is coming for sure. And that's what Jesus was teaching through this parable. However, Jesus ends this parable with a solemn question. He said, However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? God will surely bring justice to this world upon the day in which Jesus returns. And you better believe it and persistently pray and cry out to the Lord because he will bring the justice and quickly. But not many people will keep their faith until the end. There will not be many faithful ones. And that's how he ends this parable. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? What a solemn question. What a serious question he's putting it out to all of us. You got to be persistent to the Lord. You got to be faithful until the end. You got to keep asking, keep praying. But will he find faith on the earth? When the Son of Man comes. So ask ask this question then. How can we stay faithful until the end? How can you and I stay faithful until the end? As we see all kinds of things happening around the world today. And we are sensing that surely we are living in the last days. Maybe not the end of end yet. But we can clearly feel it and sense it. And these things are happening right before very eyes. But my question to myself and as I look into my kids and to, as I look into Petra members, all of you, I was asking this question, how can we stay faithful until the end? Three things I would like for us to work on so that we'll have a higher chance to be faithful. By the way, I will talk about this later, but 
our faithfulness is not dependent upon our own ability or power. As I already uh, talked about last week, our faithfulness is purely depending upon God's faithfulness. And because of God's faithfulness upon us, toward us, we know by faith we will be able to be faithful until the end. Amen? But that's ultimately we know that. But still, we have to do, make sure that we keep ourselves faithful until the end. And three suggestions, three things that I would like for all of us to remember so that we can stay faithful. First thing is we must increase our faith. We must increase our faith, meaning we, got to, we have to mature our faith, grow our faith. Hebrews 10 verse 38 says, but my righteous one will live by faith. Habakkuk, Romans, even the book of Hebrew. Righteous one shall live by faith, God says. And I take no pleasure, he adds, in the one who shrinks back in their faith. Wow. That means what? There will be people who will shrink back in their faith. That's the reality. Maybe in the future, you might shrink back in your faith. I pray not. Oh, so many people that I know over the 20-some years of my Christian life, or 30 years of a Christian life, I should say, man, people are so passionate about following Jesus, loving Jesus, serving Jesus. And now I see in my mid-40s, Many people are not in the church anymore. Surely we pray, and surely that it's not too late, of course not, for those who fell away. But it is my prayer that will really not shrink back in their faith no more, anymore. Clearly, God wants us not to shrink back and instead increase or mature to grow our faith, develop our faith. Especially when times are tough. Especially when we're facing crisis after crisis. Especially when we're facing chaotic situation after one another. We are to activate our faith and grow and develop our faith. Over the past two years or three years or so, I believe that many things have been exposed in the time of so-called crisis in our nation. But whatever that we have faced... COVID to all the social unrest and all that, it's not even in the categorize of the, the, the suffering yet. However, it is part of it. It is rising. Hostility against Christian faith and principles are being uh, increasing as the wickedness in the last days will increase and the love of many will grow cold. And you see all kinds of crazy, unthinkable, sinful acts or sinful lifestyle are being celebrated. Not just promoted anymore, but celebrated. Especially the true color of many churches in, during this time and Christians are coming out, including all of us. Our faith is clearly being tested. Testing of our faith is here today of what our faith is made out of. 
And in this time of crisis, is faith coming out of your life or faith shrinking back in your life? When we see all kinds of unrest, social unrest, political unrest, global unrest, how do we act? What comes out of us? Fear? Most of us, we are fearful, perhaps scared. Maybe that is a natural reaction, but is it faith coming out? If we are truly God's people, our faith must be developed even more in times of this, I believe. Just like Paul said in Romans 5, 3, and 5, even though I don't believe that we are in the level of the suffering yet, however, let us listen to this. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings compared to what they had to go through in the Roman time, the one, when Paul's time, what we are facing is nothing. But at least we can hear what he has to say. Because we know that the suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. He's saying suffering is a good thing, even to Christians. Suffering is a good thing, in a way, to develop our faith. This is a time of what? Testing of our faith, making sure our faith is real. And that is why we can clearly rejoice, not be happy, I should say. Happiness is depending upon the situation and the circumstances. Rejoicing is a different thing. And depending upon the within, the peace within, we can clearly rejoice when facing these crises. And remember, untested faith is not faith. Our faith is being tested right now. And if we say this is so hard right now and this is kind of scary right now, I'm telling you, we are in big trouble because wickedness will continue to increase. We will face even more hardships and difficulties in the future. I really want us to prepare for this. And you are going to be stay faithful until the end. Will Jesus find us faithful when he returns? Because he said, will I find faith in the, on the earth when I return. In the midst of crisis, we are to develop our faith. No matter what, this is a time to develop our faith. It is an opportunity for us to grow no matter what happens in your life. Perhaps, yes, we are not in suffering perhaps as much as though we do feel it a little bit more middle by middle. Well, maybe this is a time of grace still. That we are receiving time for you to not be lazy but imitate the faith of our forefathers in the bible and we need to stay alert and keep growing in our faith amen while you can when the days are here jesus said make sure you grow because the night will come and we won't be able to grow meaning there will be a time we won't be even able to study the bible while you can seek God's word, develop your faith, increase your faith. And as we do so, we will be able to stay faithful. Why faithfulness means to us is what? Being filled, being full of faith. That's what in faithfulness, in essence, means. Well, we must build up our holy faith as we hold on to the promise of God. 
Remember the promise of God. He said he will be with us until the very end. He will not leave us nor forsake us. Just like we sang in the beginning, never once we walked alone. God was with you and you know it. And if he was, he is with, you, with us and he has been with us, don't you think he will be with us in the future? That is the promise of presence of God that we must keep in our mind, in our hearts. That's the way that we can grow our faith. That we will be stay faithful, stay focused on God's promise. He is with us. He is leading us. And he will save us. Some people say in the last days, what will happen? All kinds of crazy things will happen. And, oh, man, I'm scared. Am I going to be protected? Am I, what's going to happen? Should we run away under the mountains and in, in somewhere else? Can, where, where can we go? But that's nonsense. You know why? If God is with you, wherever you are is the most safe place. Amen? If God is with you, who can be against us? Perhaps we might get killed, physically speaking. But again, they can never take our souls. But even from the physical death, the Lord shall protect us under God's, according to God's will. And that's the promise of God. We need to keep remembering the promise of what Christ has given us. Amen? Now, in terms of the practical ways to develop our faith, what can we do? Of course, we remember God is good. Remember, we are reminded. We are continuing to remember and hold on to the word, uh, to do God's, God's promise. What are the practical ways that we actually can do to develop? Let me give you two things. Again, very s- simple, fundamental. Everyone knows the answer. First, see God's word. Study God's word. Understand God's word. You really know, you know, like the Bible is the only book that talks about the future. We know the future. We know what's going to happen. You just don't study. You have all the answers in your book, but you don't look into it. You know why we don't look into the Word of God? Because you don't believe it. Oh, I do believe, Pastor. No, you don't. If you truly believe the Word of God is the real life to you, life source to you, I think you will start to at least read a little bit. Oh, I'm too busy. I'm too... Because you think Bible is not going to be able to offer you the power in your life. If you're desperate about the power of God, you will actually see God's power. And God's power is available to us through God's Word. See, God doesn't just give you power in a weird sense, in a, in a, in a some kind of mystical sense. No. First, you need to be tuned with God. And as you are tuned with God, the Holy Spirit within you will help you to remember, help you to follow, and He will actually work through your life. You need to seek God's Word. Come to Bible study. I mean, it's not even hard. Once a week. Or come on Friday. Pray out and cry out. We don't, you know why do we have our meetings weekly? Because we know that most of us, we are so, by ourselves, it's so difficult to keep the holy lifestyle. I mean, when is the last time do you actually pray in your house meaningfully? 
That's why we come to church. At least when we come to church, we cry out together. At least we have some time to pray together. And through that, we initiate our prayer life so that we can somehow learn to do more in the daily life whenever we go back to our own rooms, whenever we go back to our own lives. That is why the holy practice of prayer together in the church is very, very vital to Christians. No wonder the Bible says, make sure, especially in the last days, Make sure to gather together as much as you can. Encourage one another. Pray for one another. Sing hymns to one another. You know why we sing to the Lord? Also, we sing to one another together the hymns, worships. There's a reason that God instructed these things. That's why you need to be here physically. I know we do YouTube channel. I know uh, for the for the, some circumstances, we do that. But I tell you, this is not the source of worship. It is actually the tool for the evangelism. That's why we do this. But as much as we can, we must be together physically worshiping the Lord so that we can learn this holy lifestyle. We can learn our ourselves to seek God and His Word. And he becomes our lifestyle. That's when we can understand the power and increase our faith in the Lord. Amen? That's why, secondly, we need to pray. That's a practical way. You need to learn to pray. Jesus said to the disciples in the Gethsemane, remember? Can't you not even pray for one hour with me? To Jesus, one, praying for one hour is nothing. Well, praying for five minutes is a big deal to many, many of these people in this generation. Maybe to you. Maybe you don't even spend a time to pray. Only way that you spend time to pray is to come to church. Well, then come to church more often. I already told you this many times. When I was young, my grandmother used to take me to morning prayer every time I visit her to Jeju Island in Korea. That's a while ago when I was about 11, 12, 13-ish. And uh, every time she wakes me up, and no matter what, she takes me, especially during the winter time, it's very suffering because it's cold outside early in the morning. And we have to walk quite a while, about 30 minutes to walk. And when we walk, there is unleashed dogs because it's a countryside. And it's not pleasant because of the weather. But she always takes me. And one time I asked Grandma, please let me sleep. Because every time I go with her, I fall asleep within 30 seconds. Soon as she started to pray, she prays about an hour and a half or two hours straight. And I'm right next to her falling asleep, literally just sleeping because I'm so tired. And I'm not trained to do so. But I cannot. One day I said to my Grandma, Grandma, could you please just give me a break? I just go with you every day for morning prayer, but I fall asleep in 30 seconds. I mean, why do, we, why do you even bother me taking me to there? Let me just sleep in my bed comfortably this time. But I can never forget what she, he, she said to me. And this is my philosophy or ministerial philosophy for our church and prayer especially in the practice of prayer, is that she said this, it is better for you to fall asleep while trying to pray than being comfortable in your bed. 
even if it's 30 seconds, one minute. It's better for you to fall asleep while trying to pray than being comfortable in your bed sleeping. And I knew somehow, just little sense, oh, prayer is important. Yes, you might fall asleep. Yes, you might have a hard time praying in the beginning. And I'm not expecting you to pray like Jesus or pray like someone in the church. No. But start today. Pray. Try. Even if you fall asleep, try again. Why? Because we need to learn what it means to have this holy lifestyle, the righteous lifestyle. And only way that we can do is to receive God's power. And only way that we can receive God's power is through prayer and through seeking God's word. Just like the relationship. There is a power when we seek God. Amen. This is very, very pivotal. More and more in the last days, when things are going to be tough and hard, even more, we need to develop our faith. We need to mature our faith. And there is no way you can mature your faith without word of God and prayer. I will tell you once again, you can never grow in your faith. You can never mature in your faith without seeking God's word and prayer. I've never seen anybody, just because you listen to many podcasts, just because you, you chuck into all the knowledge and information about God, does not mean anything. Your faith will not grow. Just because you witness some kind of miracles in some kind of revival meetings, and just looking at that, the miracles after miracles, you will not generate faith. If so, all the Israelites in the Moses generation should have a lot of faith because they saw greatest miracles after greatest miracles, physically speaking. None of them made to the promised land except to Joshua and Caleb. Now you tell me, what generates in us faith? God's word. Prayer, seeking him, depending upon him. That's the only way. So don't expect you to grow in your faith. Don't expect to increase your faith without it. When you come to church on Sunday, what do you expect? Are you just, my mom's going to say something if I don't show up. Or PJ is going to call me or text me wherever you are. No, it's not. Nothing about it. You don't have to please me. You don't have to please anybody. As long as I come to church, no. If you, so many people come and go and waste their time and waste their lives just coming to church. Physically. No, you come. With a, with a right attitude, heart, with a reverence, and seeking the Lord. Somehow, I really want him. I need him. I want him. I want to know him more. I want to grow. Yes, part of me, I don't want to even know. I don't I want to be lazy. But no, we fight that and say, you know what? We don't want to follow our feelings. I'm going to follow my faith. You don't be led by the feelings. You let the feeling follow you. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. Self-control will even control our emotions. Yes, it's not there, but you know what? By faith, you do, and the, the emotions will follow. But without any holy lifestyle, holy habits, we cry out some kind of feelings and emotions and hypes of faith. You would never grow. You will remain the same. Not only thing, I mean the same. I told you already many, many, many times. Every time, I will say it again. Faith is like a living thing. It can grow, it can diminish. There is no middle ground. It doesn't stay steady, it's as quo. Whether you grow, you go down. 
My mother used to call me, walking in faith is like the going against, walking against the escalator coming down. The world, we are surrounded by the world that is faithless, and they are trying to pull us down. If you don't stop, if you stop walking, guess what? You will never be able, you will actually end up down there. You got to keep walking, keep going. Sometimes we just stay where we are, it feels like, but we need to keep moving. And more we keep moving, somehow the Lord will teach us and give us, enables us to power so that we can go against the current, against the flow. And that's how we grow in our faith. And when we do, there is promise of the Lord. We will be able to stay faithful. As we are being filled with the full of faith, we'll be faithful. Amen? Amen? Please remember that. I know... Especially if you're with us, I've been, teach, I've been teaching about this over and over and over again. But I think it is very, very important for us to be reminded again. Secondly, we must learn to fight in spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11 through 12. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. My brothers and sisters, we are engaged in a spiritual warfare, and that is our reality. I was talking about this even more to the parents because I felt like there was, last Friday uh, when we had the October fellowship with the Cornerstone, our kids' ministry here in Petra. Because I really felt that there's a huge increase of the spiritual attack against our children. Um, and um, I was so convicted to share with the parents. And we actually talked about this and we prayed together. And I pray that if you are parents, continue to pray for your children. Make sure you protect your, prepare them because the days are evil. And when I actually share with, with, uh, with some of you that, hey, there's a spiritual battle and war, warfare going on, maybe some of you might be kind of shocked to hear, are you serious? What do you mean? Yes, we don't see it physically speaking. It's not flesh and blood per se. But ultimately, it's against the spiritual forces of the world. What we are facing, even as a nation in the world, is not just a matter of the sociological problems or the political problems. It's not just a battle of the political ideologies, beyond social, cultural, beyond social problems, unrest, cultural hostility, political instability. I'm telling you, there is a spiritual warfare going on. We just simply don't know because we are so fleshly. But that's why Paul says in Ephesians, our struggle is not against the flesh and blood. Therefore, you need to understand this and stand firm against the spiritual scheme. There is the enemy and the demons, Satan. Yes, these are not the mythological figures. These are the real beings out there trying to destroy the church and the people of God because they were already defeated as the resurrect crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now they are in this mode of getting as much people as possible with them to hell. And they're not going to be merciful to you, to your children. It is our reality. If we do not 
aware of this. If you're not, oh, I mean, if we, are, we do not understand this clearly, I'm telling you, it's going to be very difficult for us to be stay faithful until the end. Perhaps you cannot really recognize what is happening because you might be spiritually immature. That's why you need to grow again as you increase your faith. Maybe it's a time for you to open your eyes of the heart and fight. We don't even give to even try to fight. You have a problem. That is why when all this social unrest, all this uh, crazy ideology are introduced to us last three years in America, how many Christians kept their faith? Kept the integrity of the Bible. Why? We don't put up the fight. We don't know how to fight. We don't understand. This is not just the, just the, uh, the fight of these ideologies. It's actually the spiritual warfare that we have to clearly understand. Every Christian must fight. It's inevitable. And you know how does the enemy work? I'm not going to explain too long here because that's not the point of this message today. But our enemy thrives in fear, thrives in guilt, thrives in confusion. He's trying to deceive, divide, destroy God's people. And then, especially in America, there's a four things I can clearly see. There's a lot of things that the enemy does, such as a persecution. It's actually increasing, but more than the persecution, because we haven't gotten there yet. Yes, we see culturally we are being canceled as Christians, and our ideas are not being honored anymore. Yes, we can say that that's a type of persecution, but I don't think we are really facing the persecution as the first church faced. Or I don't think we are facing the persecution as any other nations are facing, such as places like Nepal. By the way, Pastor Jose Nacionales, our partner, and also Pastor Willie Chua, they are right now in the Nepal. Please keep praying. They are doing leadership training for the Nepal, Nepali pastors. But anyway, what we face, I believe, in, in America, in this nation, there are four things I think we see clearly. First of all, the spirit of deception. Lies after lies, propaganda against propaganda, uh, from the narratives of this world. And I see this even more and more and more. I, you cannot probably agree with me more, right? You understand that. I'm not going to explain. There's a spiritual, spiritual deception. Many Christians are falling into this. We don't understand what is more important. We just think as long as I'm, I have a convenience in my life, as long as I have a security, I'm willing to trade my freedom. I'm willing to trade all the things. And you can do whatever you want in my life. Just don't bother me in terms of my convenience. Just make sure I'm secure, safe. My brothers and sisters, government will never able to give us security. Right? As Christ can. Our security, our protection does not just come from the government. It comes from God. Amen. We can operate in fear. Anyway, the spirit of deception. There's also a spirit of division. Oh, yes. This cancel culture of ex extremism invaded the church. Oh, so many people might not like what I'm talking about right now, maybe. And they cancel each other within the church as well. Over cultural issue, over political issue, not the biblical issues. Actually, biblical issues as well. 
how do we understand the Bible, right? It's like, if you are with me, you're not, you're against me. That's the idea. That's what we see more and more. And there is a spirit of destruction. What? Values, families, societies, church. Everything is out there to destroy us through our culture, through our political system, even. We reward, our nation reward sexual immoralities. We reward more to the single motherhood than the marriage. We attack marriage of the traditional Christian marriage, understanding of marriage. This is, this is the face, what we are facing today, yet we don't care. You need to understand, they are trying to destroy people, not just Christians, everyone. Because if family is broken, I'm telling you, individual break. I will add one last thing, the spirit of distraction. I think that's the one of the things that I talked about last Friday. Man, we are being easily distracted. So many, so many things, so many things happening through the social media, through everything, entertainment. Our kids are so busy playing games. Now we have to do the screen time limit. That's what I do in my household. I have to, one hour per day. Why? Because it consumes us. It distracts us. And I'm challenging all the parents and all the adults who are listening today. The, according to the statistics, it says average American spends about seven to eight hours, seven hours on the screen. Actually, nine hours on the screen daily. Man, if you can spend nine hours seeking God's word, your life will drastically change. The revival will happen. <laughs> People will repent and things will happen. I am telling you, instead, what are we doing? We roam through. Time to time, I also look through, and it's kind of interesting, like TikToks or whatever, Instagram, whatever. And there's a short one, short videos. And it's kind of addictive. You keep watching. You keep looking into the next one, next one, next one. Sometimes there's a clever one. Sometimes a really good one, whatever. Sometimes a kind of funny one. Sometimes a really dangerous one. So I kind of send these things to my wife. I don't send it to my friends or nothing. Cause, and then my wife says, husband, you are outdated. These things, these things were happening like three years ago. It's like, oh, really? This is my first time seeing this. Really? Yeah. I'm so outdated, I guess. But I'll tell you, it is addictive. I hear you. I'm with you. That is why we need to understand, hey, if we know all these things can be part of our spiritual battle, how much more we need to be careful. We're talking about Halloween, horror movies, even some kind of sexually explicit movies or entertainment. It's out there. Just go to the Netflix. Everyone can have all kinds of content. I'm asking, telling you, my brothers and sisters, these are the spiritual warfare that we're in. Using those things, those filthy things, it's really cluttering our mind, corrupting our mind even as Christians. That's why we need to shun by the way, we do not celebrate Halloween. October 31st is supposed to be the Reformation Day. Okay?
Romans 13:14 says, "Rather clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ. Put on the full armor of God." Ephesians 6. My brothers and sisters, know that we are engaging in the spiritual battle today, warfare today. Every time you wake up in the morning, there is a spiritual battle. And if you're a man of the house, and the husband, and the father, man, listen up. You are, if you are the leader of your house, you better understand, it is our job to protect our family, not just physically, not just to provide the financial needs, not just that. We are to protect also spiritually. I'm going to say it again, especially fathers and mothers as well. But especially fathers, because the protection of the family, the responsibility comes from the father. We are to also protect spiritual, spiritually our families. Important. Meaning you need to pray hard. You need to keep your life clean. You need to stop watching those unnecessary things. You need to stop fighting against the lustful thoughts for the sake of your family too. Not just for to worship, to be unto the Lord, and to conform to the image of Christ. Yes, that's the ultimate. That's, the, that's the, our reason for being. I understand. But also know this. We have our families to feed. We have our families to protect. How much more we need to keep ourselves clear. If you're a young man, never married yet, hey, practice now. Keep yourself clean. Keep yourself understand clearly. And I tell you, when the time comes, when the Lord blesses you with the beautiful wife and the kids and the family, the Lord will bless your family even more. You'll be ready to protect even more. And woman, same thing. All of us, we need to be ready. Mothers, be ready for this. Prepare your children. You nurture them. How are you going to nurture them? Nurture them with the word of God. Nurture them with the faith. Amen? When the spiritual battle, then somehow we know our, we'll be able to stay faithful until the end. Again, what we do is not going to, to make us stay faithful. No. At the end, the faithfulness of God is the base upon our faithfulness. However, our part, what we need to focus on are these. Amen? Be aware of that. Thirdly, but not last but not least, we need to seek accountability in the body of Jesus Christ. Meaning we cannot persevere in our faith alone. We cannot just continue on and be faithful alone. I tell you, it's tough and hard. More and more you will notice that you need the community of Jesus Christ. You need the body of Christ. You need the church. And I'm not talking about big or small church. It does not matter. Yes, we have a small church. How, how much more we have advantage to keep each other accountable? Big or small does not matter, but you need to be a part of the accountability of the body of Christ. You need to be willing to be open and to be vulnerable to help each other. We need the family of Jesus Christ. That is why we need the church. That's why we continue. That's why we continue Petra. Oh, we, our church went through so much in terms of last the history of 20-some years of the history, I tell you, but keeps going. Yes, all the members are not here. All the founding members, none of them are here. I'm actually two of them left, but I tell you, I'm not even the founding member of this church. But one thing for sure, the vision of this church continues on. We continue on the legacy of the church. Why? Because we know the body of Christ is so important to, the, to, to, to God's people. 
Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens one another. We are to sharpen one another, help each other to grow, help each other to be faithful. 1 Thessalonians 5, 11, Therefore, encourage one another and build, build one another up just as you are doing. Encourage one another. Luke 17, 3, Pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, and forgive him. Galatians 6, 1, 5, Bear one, one another's burden, so fulfill the law of Christ. Law of Christ is love. How do we love? Bear with one another. We are not perfect body of Christ. No one is perfect in this place. You want to find out about true about me? You talk to my wife, how, how imperfect I am. Same thing. Your spouse will testify. We are not, we are not perfect. But because of our love for God, because we have love for one another, guess what? Bear one another's burden. We need to do that in the church. That is why the fellowship of the saint is a, one of the crucial components of the church. Again, that's why I don't believe in the internet church or fellowship. Virtual fellowship is not really fellowship. It's a communication, not fellowship. I want you to clarify that. So come as much as you can, while we can. By the way, we will continue to seek together the fellowship that we have, and we need to grow our fellowship, invite our, uh, to our fellowship. We need to do so. Amen? Seek accountability. If someone's going to be able to stand up and you get in your face and say, hey, what you're doing is wrong. If you don't have that as a Christian, it's very, in tr you're in trouble. Because you cannot be faithful with, by yourself, alone. We need the body of Christ. We need the brothers and sisters who will teach us, who will rebuke us, who will encourage us, who will help us to grow. Amen? That is why do not hesit be hesitant. Do not be lazy in terms of gathering. We've got to do that. Even the kids, if you have children, we have young kids here in this, in this, in this church. Though they might not understand what's going on, I tell you over and over again, come into the presence of God's people, in the presence of God together, in the special presence of God as we gather together, one or two more people. I am telling you, them, even though they might not get information, I'm sure they will get something else. They will get revelation somehow spiritually. They will understand. They will be blessed. It's okay for them to play here, walking around, roaming around, they don't know anything about a lot of things going on. It's okay. At least they are under the protection of the church and the presence of God in the special blessings. Amen? So they're not wasting their times. It's better than just let them watch TV, watch YouTube, play games. It's better to be together, grow together. Amen? So we must seek accountability. Those are three suggestions that I will give you, practical suggestions. But again, at the end of the day, our faithfulness is not depending upon our strength, our actions. No. We can be only faithful because God is faithful. 
But when we are faithfully increasing our faith, working on our, growing our faith, developing our faith, as we are faithfully, what, to learn to fight in the spiritual battle, as we are faithfully uh, together, build a unity in Christ Jesus, I'm telling you, God's faithfulness will be really expressed in a real sense. It'll be real to all of us that we'll be able to stay faithful until the end. And when Jesus returns, will he find faith? I pray, all of us, if I'm not sure we will be here on the earth physically when he returns, but I pray we will stay faithful until the end, that we will receive him as God's people, as faithful people. Amen? Let's pray.